Friends, the person who is content to get to heaven alone will never, in fact, get to heaven. The person who is content to get to heaven alone will never, in fact, get to heaven. These were the sharp words of Boethius, who was a 6th century Roman politician and Christian philosopher. And what he's drawing out there is the entire biblical message, which is that everything is gift, that we are dependent upon God and others for everything, and we can't do it either on the human level or on the spiritual level alone. This past week, um, I was with about 15 of our students and focus missionaries, uh, and we were doing what we call a backyard mission trip. And so we did about four days of kind of poverty immersion and service in the city of Toledo. And one of our guides uh, on this trip gave us a reflection one night, and he talked about how we're meant to move in life from dependence to independence to interdependence. That we start life in its infancy stage totally dependent. We can't survive without our parents and others who make everything possible. Sometimes we actually cycle back to that total dependence at the end of life. But then we move eventually into adolescence, which is characterized by a pursuit of independence. Right? Everybody knows the rebellious adolescent teenager. There might be a few in here right now, I don't know. But I never went through that phase, my parents told me. You know? um, right? And that's the phase of like, self-sufficiency, self-reliance. I can do this on my own. You don't know anything. I got all the answers. Right? I can figure this out. I can do this on my own. Right? This incredible desire for independence not to be dependent uh, on others. This speaker argued that we're meant to mature into adulthood with a desire for interdependence, a kind of mutual dependence that I need you and you need me and together we need God, that we can't do this alone, that you might make contributions that I can't possibly make, that you might fill up what is lacking in me. I might be able to fill up what is deficient in you. And that together we all have our eyes fixed on the one who created us in the first place. That we are interdependent. That our stories are all locked together in one. That your success is my success. Your failure is my failure. And together we're striving to mutually depend upon each other. I think it's easy to get stuck in dependence, the, in, the dependence stage, as well as the independence stage. Right? We can get stuck in the dependence stage. Right? We can let ourselves be enabled. We can use others as a crutch. We can sometimes cultivate in others an enabling attitude. We use the term codependent to describe a relationship that's overly consuming and smothering to the point of enabling the other person. Right? We can stay in dependence. We can stay in dependence spiritually. We can rely on everything God's done in the past 
and stay sort of locked in in a nostalgic way to that, depending on those experiences and not looking for God anew and afresh today. I think maybe more likely we can get stuck in independence. This sense that I don't need you. I can do this myself. In fact, I'd rather do it myself because when you get involved, it gets messier because you're not going to do it as perfectly as I could do it. You see? I can do this. And we even apply that spiritually, right? Like, I don't need to pray. Like, I'm fine on my own. I can do this without God. I can do this without others. It's neater that way. It's cleaner that way. I have control over all of that. It's better to get stuck there in independence. Our readings today call us to interdependence. The entire biblical story starts with something, and I never tire of reminding myself and others about this, that in the garden, in the biblical account, Adam is with God. God is walking in the garden with Adam, and yet we're told that Adam is not complete. He's with God. And he's incomplete until the creation of another human being. So we are dependent not just on God. We are dependent on others, other humans, to fill up what is lacking in ourselves, to make contributions that we can't possibly make. We are dependent. Our first reading, Samuel is dependent upon Eli, interdependent. Samuel keeps hearing a voice and he thinks it's Eli and he keeps waking him up. And instead of being dismissive about it or being annoyed that, that Samuel keeps waking him up, Eli takes it upon himself to introduce to Samuel the voice of Jesus. Here's what the voice of God sounds like. It takes Eli to get Samuel plugged in to hearing the voice of God. Without Eli... Without Eli, Samuel doesn't become the prophet that he eventually becomes. Eli and Samuel are interdependent upon one another. In our second reading, we hear that one line in Corinthians. I think it's tough for us. Paul says, you are not your own. You are not your own. And that's hard for us because we all think we're self-made. That's the sort of American sense, right? I'm a self-made person, and I I can do this myself, right? And that's had benefits, right? It's not to say that that sort of striving for independence and self-reliance hasn't had produced good things, right? But But it always has to be tempered by the reality that I'm not my own. In an absolute sense, I didn't need to exist. It was the yes of God and my parents And so many other people that have gotten me to the place I am today. I'm interdependent on so many people and factors that have made my life possible. We are not our own. We are not totally self-made. Finally, in the Gospel, it's this series, this chain reaction of interdependence where John the Baptist sees says, Behold the Lamb of God and His disciples, Andrew and John, end up then following Jesus. And so it's John the Baptist who leads Andrew and John to Jesus. And then Andrew is so enamored with Jesus that he goes home and brings his brother along, Peter. And he says, Peter, you've got to meet this guy. He's incredible. And so it's, it's Andrew then 
that leads his brother Peter to Jesus. They're all interdependent upon one another in coming to know and to be introduced to the one who will totally fulfill them. Peter's interdependent upon Andrew. And it's interesting, you know, they ask that, Jesus asked that really provocative question, right? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? And they answer with another question, right? Which isn't really annoying, usually in the classroom or something, right? But they, they answer with a question that doesn't seem to be related. They say, where are you staying? So you ask, what are you looking for? And they say, where are you staying? It's a strange question. You know, this week, one of the things that the students observed, because I asked the students at the end of the week this question from Jesus, what do you think the people that you met this week, the homeless and the poor that you met this week, what are they looking for? And the students said things like a friend, somebody who would stay with them, somebody that would accompany them, someone who wouldn't just show up one time, right? because it's the right thing to do, but who would actually walk with them a little bit through the messiness of life. And I think that's what they're asking Jesus. They're saying, where are you staying? In other words, would you stay with us? Like, are you one of these preachers that just comes along and says a few nice things, but then when it comes to the heavy lifting of helping us actually work on our life and accompanying us through the difficulties and messiness of working on human life, will you bail? Or will you stay with us? I remember hearing one of my best friends from college, she's a, a religious sister in Chicago, and they started an order right in the worst, uh, the most crime-ridden and poorest part of, of the uh, west side of Chicago. And they built a, a convent there, um, and we're just living in the neighborhood. And I remember, it was interesting, she told me, there's a ton of preachers that come to that neighborhood every weekend, and they come from the suburbs, and they come in, and they preach at, at these churches, and then they go back out to their, their beautiful homes in the suburbs. But my friend lived in the neighborhood. They lived in the neighborhood. And she was telling me, over time, one person started to tell her, you know, we respect you so much more because you live with us. You live with us. They come in and say some nice things and leave. You stay with us. That's what I think the disciples are vetting about Jesus. Can we depend on you? Like, are you just here to say some nice things, or are you here to walk with us and accompany us as we try to get our lives in order? They know they need to be interdependent with Jesus. So friends, I think this weekend is a reminder that we can't do this alone. We cannot reach our full potential as human beings without relationship, without letting other people fill up what is lacking in us. That's been the, the really challenging part of COVID, is the isolation and the fact that we can't be together in the same way as we were made for that. We can't reach our full potential as human beings unless we're in relationship and willing to be vulnerable and risk things in relation to others. But we also can't reach our full potential in the spiritual life without others, without a dependence on God and a dependence upon others. So let's strive for that.
uh, as students as we begin this next semester, let's cultivate the adult interdependence. We can easily remain in the infancy stage of dependence or the adolescent rebellious stage of independence, but the Christian life calls us to interdependence, that I need you and you need me, and that we need each other in our journey of faith. Because as Boethius said, if a person is content to get to heaven alone, they may not in fact get to heaven 